You're listening to Paper Airplanes, a podcast where we explore the lives and stories of healthcare travelers all over the country. Hey, travelers, we're heading into the month of February, which means it's the season of love. And more than a good romance story, we like a good heartwarming story about dogs. So in this episode, we're talking about Phoenix, a plot hound that was rescued by our traveler, Danny, and the new life that he was given with a family of three other dogs, a cat, Danny, and her husband, all in one travel camper. It's the ultimate family under less than 400 square feet. So Danny kind of is an expert about living with animals. She has some good tips and tricks for all of the medical travelers out there who may have questions about traveling with your dog or cat while you're on an assignment, or may just wanna hear more about how you can travel with your pets. Phoenix was given a second chance at life and love with our traveler, and that's the ultimate act of love to us. Hey, I'm Danny Vishkovich. I am an RM traveler. I've been with Fusion for about three years, uh, and I'm currently in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I'm fighting a, fighting a plot hound right now. Oh. <laughs> he's on my lap. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yes, he's, um. he's participating as well. <laughs> oh, great. I love that. <laughs> okay, so we heard through social media grapevine, essentially that you had a good dog rescue story. Um, and I don't know, at Fusion, we're, we're all a bunch of suckers for a good heartwarming doggo story. So, um, so here we are, and I want to hear all about it. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess I can, I'll start from the beginning, because this whole, the situation's a little different. Um, I, I don't know. I always feel like I get assigned for travel assignments, and I was really kind of hesitant um, to take the assignment there in Laurenburg. And um, I got Cecilia laughed at me. I got several signs to take the assignment there, but I feel like now that this dog's the reason that we went, um, he showed up at our campground uh, totally emaciated. You could see every vertebra in his back. You could see his hip bones. He had a bunch of um, wounds, like on his ears. And uh, my husband, who works from home, he was the one who found him and sent me pictures of him. And um, I was like, well, you know, let's see if we can find a rescue. Let's, you know, we can get him wormed and, um, you know, kind of in a little bit better shape. But we live in a camper, you know, on travel assignments, and we already have three dogs. <laughs> so, right. Like, taking in another dog. House there. <laughs> right. So it's like literally the last thing that I'm, you know, really wanting to do. So um, I was at work. I stop at Tractors of Wild on my way home and get worm medicine and get him some food and um, some flea medicine. And um, by the time I got home, I was working days. So by the time I got home, he was gone. Um, but then the next morning, about 9 o'clock, he showed back up. And so we treated him, um, but he was just, like, petrified. Like he'd barely come to you, but he would, you know, come and eat the food and, um so we, you know, we're kind of taking care of him, calling shelters in the area. Well, we found out the shelters in that area 
um, euthanize in 72 hours if there's no oh, wow. on the dog. So that's, I was like, okay, well. very soon. <laughs> it's very soon. Um, it's kind of a, a poor area. Um, so I'm like, okay. oh, well, we can't take him to the shelter. <laughs> so um, we tried to call a couple of rescues and nobody, um, they said they would, you know, take dogs from the shelter, but they wouldn't take dogs from people. And um, that night we ended up, we put a fence up outside our camper and we'd left the gate open while we went to eat. And when we came back, he was laying down asleep in the dog, like elevated dog bed we had in our fence. Oh, no. And I was like, where I want to be. (laughs) Right. So I was like, I I told my husband, I said, shut the gate. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, if he's going to stay here, he's got to have a bath. (laughs) So um, we brought him in the camper and put him in the shower, gave him a bath. And he literally, he just stood there like he was so good. And um, he comes out of the shower and he climbs up in the bed and he just like curled up in a little ball like, okay, I'm home. Oh, so um, more or less, that was pretty much we had a dog. My husband, I mentioned, <laughs> trying, you know, like trying to foster him and finding my family. And my husband literally got teary-eyed and started crying. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, we're keeping the dog. Like, <sighs> how he got attached to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which <laughs> he um, he's like, I can't just take care of him and then give him to somebody else. So. Um, now we have wow. small, medium, large, and extra large. We have a Chihuahua, a Chihuahua. He um, he is a plot hound. That's what the vet said. He's actually the state dog of North Carolina. Oh wow! And then we have an eighty-pound Doberman <laughs> in a camper. Oh wow! Um, so the rescue. Which one was the rescue? He was the um, plot hound. Okay. Wow. And, okay, what are their names? We have to know names, obviously. <laughs> so, um, the Chihuahua is Tankersley. He is a rescue that I got at about 10 months old. Um, his rescue name was Tank, and I kind of added to it, so he's Tankersley. Um, then the Chihuahua is Daphne. She's also a rescue, and she's seven years old. Um, then Aria is the Doberman. Um, she's the only one that we didn't rescue. We kind of got her from a friend. Um, and then Phoenix is our rescue pup because, you know, the kind of the story with the Phoenix is they're reborn again out of the ashes. Oh, that's And his great. middle name is Chance since we gave him a second chance. Oh, so. that's so sweet. <laughs> Phoenix um, is currently standing on my um, kitchen table staring out the window he is oh, either so 100% funny. good or 100% bad. There's like <laughs> there's no one there's no middle ground. He's completely housebroken. Um he was super easy to housebreak and he's got great recall, but um he is all over everything and puts everything in his mouth. The vet said he's probably just about a year old. He just kind of came up to you guys out of nowhere and just decided like, "Hey, you're my family now. This is what we're doing." Yeah, so we're we were very lucky because the campground that we were staying at um, is very pet-friendly, animal-friendly, which, mm-hmm. I mean, traveling with three dogs already, one of them being a Doberman, you know, which is a restricted breed. Um, sure. Most places that allow all of that are going to be pretty pet-friendly, thank goodness, um, because they could have called the shelter, you know, the pound to come and take him. 
the first day, but um, the manager of the campground and the owner actually kind of helped, you know, keep him there and take care of him for the first couple of days while he was just running around the park. Um, so, you know, it, it's nice to have other people who like animals so much and stuff because it could, things could have went a lot different with him. Sure, sure. Yeah, you never know, like, what you're going to get, especially with neighbors and, you know, people mm-hmm. that manage properties and stuff. Not everyone is right. um, super tolerant of pets in general or even, like, multiple pets. And, you know, with <laughs> having, you know, your other animals already, like, they could have it could have been not great. But it turned out really good. And that's kind of, like, our thought with keeping him, too. I said, you know, if it, a place, a campground is already going to let us have three dogs and a Doberman, and we always put up the little fence in front of our camper, then they're probably not going to care if we have a fourth dog. So, I mean, right. we've been, you know, traveling in the camper. Um, this is actually going into our fourth year now, and I've never had a, you know, problem finding an assignment that we could find a campground. Um, I do make yeah. sure to find a campground before I submit for an assignment because, you know, we do have that kind of extra hurdle to jump over, but, you know, I never sure. have a problem getting something. So what are um, what are some of the challenges with traveling in a camper, you know, especially with pets? Um, one of the biggest things for me is the weather. I, I don't want to be on an assignment and it be, you know, negative 10 degrees. So we are a little more... Sure limited, you know, winter months. And then, of course, you know, the number, some campgrounds restrict on, you know, you can only have two pets, so they can only be 25 pounds. And then, of course, the the Doberman being the, you know, quote-unquote aggressive breed, even though she's super friendly. Um, Those are definitely the challenges. But the benefits, for me, far outweigh the challenges because we sleep in our own bed every night, you know, no matter where we're at. you know, it, it's home. It takes 30 minutes to hook up to the back of a truck versus packing boxes and having to carry them up, you know, two or three flats into your new apartment. Because when I first started traveling, before I got married, I just had the the two little dogs and did apartments. And, um, yeah, <laughs> that was a lot more work for one assignment. And it was pouring rain. I'd just driven like 24 hours straight, and I was on the third floor. <laughs> So, oh wow! Yeah, trying to carry everything in. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the camper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so when did you? So when did you start traveling the camper? January of 2017 was our first assignment with the camper. We bought it um, in October of 2016, and um, kind of got stuff, got ready for it, learned a little bit about it. Um, but then mm-hmm. we've been using it primarily for travel. We go, you know, home to our sticks and bricks, normally in between assignments. Um, but for the most part, we're in the camper. Well, that's awesome. Where's um, where's home permanently? Uh, Bristol, Tennessee. Okay. So it's what like Upper Tennessee East Tennessee. It oh, actually okay. touches Virginia, so... Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so, obviously, being in the camper is has been less of a challenge with pets than being in the apartment. Like, what are what are some of the challenges that you faced having uh, bringing your pets with you when you were traveling, just like in general before the camper? 
Um, so for me, the biggest thing was like pet deposits. Um, I and I feel like sometimes people were dishonest with that. My very first assignment was in New Orleans, and I actually got an apartment off of Craigslist. This was way back in 2014, and. Um, you know, I moved in at the time. I just had the two little dogs. Um, and when I left, I had the apartment professionally cleaned. And, like, I had the couch shampoo, like, the whole nine yards. And then the lady calls me, and she was like, our new tenant is saying that, that there's, like, fleas on the couch. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I have proof my dogs are on flea medicine. I mean, I sleep with my dog. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, you know, right. I get, if they have fleas, then you're like, I'm going to have fleas. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I have, you know, receipts. I can show you proof that my dogs are on, um, you know, prescription quality flea medicine. Um, and I also had given her the receipt, you know, where I'd had the apartment professionally cleaned. Um, I think, you know, sometimes people want to take advantage. I had the same situation when I started in Corpus Christi. Um, and luckily I had taken pictures of, damage that was there previously, you know, because they tried to say, like, my dog had torn up the door. <laughs> my, my biggest, the Cheweeny is 20 pounds. Like, the door, the oh, damage yeah. that was done to the door was um, a much larger dog. <laughs> yeah, so, and it was already um, there. Right. So they were, you know, trying to say that my dogs had done that. I was like, no, here's the pictures, you know, from when I moved in. It was listed. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of feel like maybe – some dishonesty from people there. Um, I stayed sure. in an apartment in Houston to have no bases. problems. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah, so that's like probably some good advice that other travelers could take from that is, yeah, take pictures of your place um, when you first move in. If you have pets, I mean, pets or no pets, it's a good idea right. anyway, but especially if you have pets, um, you know, take pictures of, of any damage or any you know any issues that are in the apartment you know with um with a date stamp on it you know or something Mm -hmm. i think like most you know digital date stamps or whatever you can have that on your phone or the old-fashioned way would be to go get like a newspaper with that date on it and take a picture um with the you know with that (laughs) i think people do that sometimes too um but yeah take pictures and keep those you know so in case there's any issues with someone trying to um pin any damage that you didn't do you know on your on your pets or on you then that's like a good way to to have proof that it wasn't you um that's unfortunate you know i'm I'm sure that there are people who you know cause more damage than deposits and and you know things along those lines but Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. But sometimes <laughs> I think that those deposits are pretty hefty, too, especially if you mm-hmm. have, like, um, you know, if you have, like, pets that are, like, if you have, like, an old cat that just is, like, I don't, I don't even have any teeth or, you know, like, you know, doesn't right. do any damage um, and you're given this pet deposit in that you don't get back, you know, it's, yeah, so I can see why you definitely are, like, yep, RV life is the life for me. <laughs> um, yes, you don't have yes. to deal with that anymore. No, no deposits. I mean, minus maybe an, um, an electricity deposit. Some places require that for the monthly um, stay. Sure. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. So do all of the so – I'm sorry, like remind me how many – you have three, four dogs now? Four? Yes, 
Four dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was recounting what you had said before. I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> Four um, dogs and 315 square feet. That's how big our cage oh, is. Oh, I was going to say, do they stay with you, like, all the time? Or do they stay, is there an area for them outside? Or, like, what are they, are they always um, inside with you? I mean, for the most part, um, there's two pretty good-sized dog parks. We're actually in Dallas right now, and we're staying at a KOA, which are super pet-friendly. If anybody is ever traveling with animals and needs a place, um, KOAs always allow dogs, and they don't have breed restrictions. Um, so, you know, the people with pits and Dobermans and stuff like that, um, KOA is always an option. Sometimes they're a little more pricey, but... Um, this one's a great price, great location, right in downtown Arlington. Um, and so, like I said, two big dog parks, which the rule with campgrounds, you can't leave them outside unattended or anything like that. So um, mm-hmm. that's the kind of the park with a little fence we put up, too. Um, you know, we can sit outside with them and enjoy the weather, and they don't have to be on the tie out or, you know, something like yeah. that. That's perfect. What kind of a little fence do you like? How do you how do you determine how to do that? Um, it's actually they're called X pins or exercise pins. Um, the one that we have is oh, okay. off of Amazon. Um, we have three that connect together, so we can make it bigger, or smaller, depending on you know the lot size. Um, but then when we're not using them, they just fold in on themselves and they take up just a super small amount of space in the truck when we travel. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. That's like a good a good tip for people too to have, especially yes. like traveling. You don't want to have like so much stuff that's hard to um, to move with and and to like right. hold up and put away and everything. If it's like packs up nicely, that's definitely key. I think with being a traveler. Yes, and that, I mean for us, it's worth it to be a little more picky about where we stay to be able to have our things. Yeah. Which, Oh, which one's that that's barking? <laughs> yes, so that's the Cheweenie and the Doberman. Um, I, they just wanted to go outside, so they're outside right now, and there's another puppy walking past, so we're saying hello. Oh. That's, Cheweenie, so that's the Cheweenie throwing us yet. She is by far the most vocal. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> So um, <laughs> they're they're very loud and sometimes trying to corral all four of them by myself. Um, <laughs> it, it can be interesting. He's actually working outside the camper for the first time in two years. <laughs> oh wow! Um, so his his work from home job he lucked into while we were traveling, um, and the company actually doesn't have an account manager in Dallas right now, so they wanted him to come be their account manager, which, you know, I was able to get a travel job here and worked out really good for us. Um, yeah. He's actually having to get up and put on business casual and, you know, go out into yeah. the world. But also, you know, then you also have to wrangle the pups by yourself. And it's right. Like- so um, an additional thing, uh, Friday night, there was some really bad thunderstorms that came through and I was in the camper. He had went out to do um some evening work and the tornado sirens started going off. Oh no. <laughs> so um that's not something I'm used to being from Tennessee. And I'm right. like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So they sent out um the bad weather was anticipated, so they sent out an email earlier in the day stating, you know, if it got severe to go to the bathhouse. <laughs> well I'm like, 
how am I supposed to get all four dogs, you know, to the bathhouse? And I'm like panicking. And I get them all leased up and walk them down there. And I'm just like standing out in the pouring rain. And, um, oh boy. Cause I didn't want to go in cause there were just so many people and so many other animals. And, um, right. This guy opened the door and he was like, he was like, do you want to come in? And I was like, you know, I'm not really sure if they're going to behave. And, um, he was like, well, just come on. And, um, they couldn't have been better. I guess, you know, they're pretty, pretty intuitive to stuff like that. So, um, they just sat right beside me and, we waited, and we were probably in there for 15 minutes while tornado sirens are going off, and it's just hailing, and you hear the oh, wind, wow. and I was just like, oh, um, we're going to pass, and, you know, we're okay. I hope that's not a um, normal <laughs> for our time here in Dallas. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, tornado season, right? I, I We're in Omaha, so we're like, yep, tornado season, that's a normal thing. Um Wow, but they did good. Be they normal did in January. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they, probably not. <laughs> no, it's not tornado <laughs> season right now, so that seems a little. <laughs> that but seems I mean, like strange. yesterday, it was 80 degrees here yesterday. Now today, it's 45 and raining. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so you're just like unpredictable weather is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been very um, all over the place. We've I mean, kind of went. That's how it was Thursday and Friday last week. It was in the mid-70s, and then Saturday the high was 45 with that oh, storm wow. system coming through. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, well, it's good that they were st- they were kind of were able to still be okay, though, in the um, corralled up with you. They weren't, like, causing trouble with all the other people or anything like that. No, and they're normally – it's funny because, I mean, they'll bark and throw that the fit when they're in the fence. Um, but when they're out with other dogs, they're fine. I mean, we can have them in the dog park, um, you know, with the other dogs. The only one is the Chewini's a little sassy. Um, she had ACL repair and dogs at the CCL. Um, and ever since mm-hmm. she had that surgery, she's been a little grumpy. But <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> it's probably like, hey, I've been through some stuff. Um, yeah, she, she's, and I mean, you know, Chihuahua Dotson's probably like the worst two breeds you can put together, so <laughs> they're a little feisty. I, I know that they're yeah. eagles and um pugs put together is the same thing. So puggles are, are oh, a yeah. fun rambunctious uh grouping too. <laughs> yes, the uh, the designer breeds the mixing things, all of them are cute. My mother sent me a picture the other day of a bassador. It's a basset oh. hound and a labrador mix. Uh, that's definitely, I've never had a hound dog before. So yeah. with Phoenix being a hound dog, he has this bark. <laughs> I mean, it is just, they call it, I think, a chop. It's what they they do when they tree an animal. <laughs> um, oh, and I'm really? not used to that noise. <laughs> but luckily he doesn't do it very often. Oh, he's doing it right now for you. Interesting. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's that like high kick. Yeah. <laughs> How funny. Um, yeah, it's, when <laughs> taking them to, like, the vet and stuff, do you take them all at once, or do you do, like, individual situations further? Um, so when we first got to North Carolina, it was kind of time for their yearly. Um, so we took, at the time, we just had the three. So we took all three of them at one time. Um, but they're not all now on the same shot schedule because his is going to be – kind of off from 
from theirs because they actually got all their shots. They got the three-year rabies and everything last mm-hmm. year. Um, we just did their yearlies for their heartworm preventative and um, just a kind of general checkup. But um, we normally do try and take them together for that. <laughs> yeah. It's um, interesting and very expensive. Yeah, I can imagine it's like all one fell swoop, so it's like probably more convenient to get it all done at once, mm-hmm. but probably also a lot more pricey. And that that's something too. Um, you know, I notice a lot of travelers post on um like the Facebook pages and stuff about traveling with animals and I have found it very beneficial to keep a folder with all of their shot records because a lot of places request um, you know, their updated rabies and, you know, things like that. And then if you're going to board them, of course, they want um, the updated records. So I keep it all yeah. in this little divided folder with each animal um, just to kind of try and stay organized. Yeah, because if you don't have it, then they're going to make you go get more or it's going to be a problem because if you don't have right. records, then yeah, right. that can get pretty expensive pretty fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was um one of the things that I put together like when I first started traveling, which I, it's funny, I have more or less the exact same folder for myself with all of my shot records and um you, you know, all of those things. So I have one for me and one for the animals. Uh how funny. <laughs> but you know, it's nice to keep all that stuff kind of handy because you never know when, you know, you're gonna need to show proof of especially the rabies, because that's Typically, sure. the only one that's a a law, but yep, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, keeping everything updated and then keeping records of everything. I always, I mean, I don't. I'm not a traveler. I do that with my um, cat too, just because you know, if I ever have to travel with her, or if I ever, you know, with licensing, even um, mm-hmm. you have to have your updated shot records, and if you don't have that, then you have to contact the mm-hmm. the vet and they have to like send it over and it just takes a lot of effort um mm-hmm. on their part and you have to stay on top of them because they won't always send that because it's not like their big priority you know so right. um so yeah so we, that's actually, always, that's a good we have a cat too in this entire mix <laughs> <laughs> so uh how is how's that going <laughs> Oh, he, he's fine. He's actually um, sitting here right beside me. He, um, oh, so he's like, he just loves all the all the stuff, all the, the pups. Yeah, he he doesn't mind them. He he is very funny. Yeah, he's very local as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> he will sit on the, like, the table or he'll sit in the bathroom, and when the dogs walk by, he will jump out and, like, swat at them or he'll wrap his little paws around their necks and... Um, it's funny because we have videos from when the Doberman was a puppy of them, you know, playing together and the cat was, you know, double the Doberman size. Well, now the Doberman's 80 pounds, but they still play like that. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. <laughs> it's That's super awesome. cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like I mean, some cats don't do really well with, like, one dog, let alone, you know, um like a like a whole household on so that's awesome that your that your cat is getting along with with other yes, animals he, and stuff. He is very social. He is um like I say he's very vocal as well. He's very chatty. When the dogs come to get treats, like if they go outside they come and um get a treat but he comes as well. <laughs> he thinks he's a dog too. He's like, Oh it's treat time. Yeah, I don't 
I don't think he knows the difference. So. Oh, that's so funny. Oh. I love that. Um, how does feeding them go? Like, how does that work with everybody? Is everyone on the same food? Especially, I mean, having a cat and the, um, the dogs, like, what do you, how do you got to do that? So we actually free feed the dogs. Um, okay. I, growing up, that's what my mom always did with her animals. Um, and then when I had the two little ones, <laughs> Gatsby's mad because Phoenix is on the table. Gatsby's the cat. He's telling. Because he's on the table and so is the dog. So, like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's. I mean, there's there's no limits. Like, you know, I'm sure some people don't like animals on the table or. Right, everyone has their own thing. I mean, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> um, feeding, yes. So we were afraid when we got Phoenix because he was so starved. I was, you know, I told my husband, I'm like, we're not going to be able to free feed because he's just going to wolf everything down. Um, amazingly enough, after the like, second day, he didn't. Um, when he could just leave the bowl out, he would come and he would eat when he was hungry, and then he would walk away. And it's funny because they, like, line up, each one eats at a time. Like, it's not a big free-for-all on the bowl, but, like, one will eat, and then the next one will, you know, take a turn if they're hungry. But there's always just a bowl of food and water um, sitting out. We do see oh, the cat. Um, his bowl is, like, typically um, on one of the counters because we don't want the dogs to eat the food. But, um, you know, it's normally not a not a problem. He just eats when he wants to eat. Oh, well, that's awesome. And you don't have a problem with them, like, um, overeating. I know that a lot of people have a problem mm-hmm. with dogs that will, like, overeat their nope. food. And there's no, there's no food aggression between them either, which is, you know, a oh, big wow. thing, especially that I was worried about, you know, with him being, um, you know, so starved and stuff that he was, you know, there would be a problem with the other dogs because of him wanting to protect his food. But there's not... Yes. Um the only good thing too where he is a hound dog, hound dogs are they're pack animals. Um because mm-hmm. most of the time, you know, when hunters have them and stuff, they'll have a big group of them. Um mm-hmm. so they don't have a lot of the aggressive issues and stuff. He he's so friendly with people, he loves kids, um, and he's just friendly with every dog. When we were actually in North Carolina, they did a uh, was called Day Drinking for Doggies. It was a benefit um, for one of the rescues. Uh, all the tips got donated, but you could take your dogs oh, into the bar. Cool. Um, so we, I, mean, I, I love that. I want to go to that bar. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was just like a little hole in the wall, but it was so cool. It was on a Sunday from like two to five, kind of random hours. Um, but we'd only had him for like two weeks at the time. And we took him and he was just so great with all these other dogs in this enclosed space. Um, and we took the Doberman as well. And they, you know, were both really good, which, you know, socialization is something that we did with the Doberman from the time she was little, um, you know, to make us be able to take her in public and not have problems. But, you know, I know I have no idea sure. what Phoenix, you know, what happened to him, what his story is. Um, right. But he couldn't have been better. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. That's so great. Like, 
especially when you think of like it's like do you ever wonder just like what was your life before you came to this park yeah. like before you came here and i i did wonder that like he's missing three of his front teeth and for him to only be you know a year year and a half old it's like where where did your teeth go you know was he was he hit did he was he eating rocks um yeah you know you, you have no idea and my husband had followed him, like, the first day he found him in the campground. He followed him. He called it his lair, followed him back to his lair. He had this little um, kind of area dug out in the the brush and the pine needles and stuff. And, you know, you could tell that was where he was sleeping. Um, but, unfortunately, a lot of times with, like, these hound dogs and these hunting dogs, if they don't perform, um, hunters will just leave them in the woods. Oh, that's so sad. Um, or they'll kill them. I mean, that's kind of the... Yeah. And unfortunately, um, I actually I joined it. Like I said, never had a hound dog, so I joined a Facebook group for plot hounds, um, trying to learn a little bit more about them, about their temperaments and stuff, so we could, you know, training. And mm-hmm. um, what, one person was appalled that he was a pet and he was sleeping in the bed, and that... More or less, he was left in the woods for a reason, and um, and then someone else was like, I had stolen somebody's dog, and I'm like, hey, I, I mean, he was starving. I hadn't checked for a microchip. Um, not that yeah. I would have necessarily given him back to whoever he belonged to in the state that I found him. Right. I um, clearly weren't taking care of that animal. Right. But I mean, you know, people, people view dogs very differently for you know my husband and I they're our kids you know we don't have any other any other children and you know these are our kids and that's exactly how we treat them yeah exactly so you know you just very different views with the hunting dogs that I'm not you know I'm not used to (laughs) yeah well it just sounds like such an unusual thing because you know obviously like, you know, he had to belong to somebody, but to have, like, no temperamental issues from being, you know, like, out on his own for so long and, you know, not knowing where what his history is and everything like that, it's, just, it's pretty wonderful and lucky that you guys found him and that, um, you know, he has an awesome home and that he doesn't have any, any like, things to work through, you know, as, um, like, behavior things or anything like that, right. you know. That's really awesome. It seems like it was meant to be. (laughs) Yeah, and that, you know, the fact that he fit in so well with the other three animals. (laughs) um, Yeah. You know, bringing something else in is not always easy, but where the the Doberman's only like two and a half years old, so the little ones don't really play with her, so it's great that she has a playmate now. Yeah. So um, they run constantly and – it sounds like someone's tearing our camper apart from the outside if you hear them, like, in the evenings, <laughs> um, you know, and they're running back and forth. Because, I mean, he, he's 55 pounds. He um, he yeah. was, like, 41 pounds when we found him. So he's gained, you know, almost 15 pounds since we got him. Um, wow. But, and then, you know, with her being 80. So it's um, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sounds like a fun, though. What a fun, like, what a fun life to just be able to have with all of those with like your pets and 
also what like how great is it that you are able to um take take your other one in and you know phoenix and giving him a second chance and everything i think that's awesome those are such good stories that i think people need to hear sometimes because you know you have so much so much crap going on in the world that's Mm -hmm. so bad you know that it's like yeah but think of all those good things that are going on too and that when we first rescued him um and i i had put a post on my personal facebook looking for you know a rescue or ideas or something like that and of course everybody's you know saying you just need to keep him you just need to keep him and i'm like you know it's easier said than done um but everybody just loved it so much so i started posting pup dates so every day i would post pictures of you know his progress and um you know what what he had done for the day you know or his first trip to the vet his first mcdonald's chicken oh, nugget or you oh, know the chicken and, nugget and, i know yeah. right? <laughs> well you know you can't take him to the vet and make him get like four shots and not not give him some sort of reward it's like yeah <laughs> right it's like robbing kids with shots you know and giving them a toy yeah, afterwards right. um right but you know people that was one of the things everybody was like you know don't stop the pup dates we love them like we're getting on facebook every day to see what Phoenix has done, um, you know, and I think it was that kind of sentiment. There's just so much negativity and stuff on on Facebook, and you know, it's it's good to get on there and see a positive story. Um, right. So, exactly. Um, I think a lot of people have enjoyed um, the pup dates. Actually, <laughs> I got a package from my last well travel book assignment before last um, when I was in Pennsylvania over the summer. Um, a package from one of the women up there. She sent me a huge box full of homemade dog treats. Um, oh, wow. And, and um, like some dish towels and stuff with animals on them because she does a lot for rescues up there. And as she said, she just, she really enjoyed Phoenix's story and stuff. And um, so she wanted oh. them to have some treats. So that's awesome. Because everyone always comes together over like the love of animals. Like, it's you know it's it's one of those it's like kind of kids and old people and animals they can't help themselves so it it always yeah. touches people more you know and also hurts us more when something's done to hurt them um, exactly because they can't they can't help themselves yeah um, exactly everyone always just wants to come together over pets and over like you know heartwarming stuff like that and I just think I don't know that just seems really great if we leave and go out. Um, to eat and stuff. We just leave him in a camper. Now he has eaten a few things. Um, he actually had my mangoes <laughs> last week. He had one pair of shoes. But, you know, all considering, <laughs> I don't think that, you know, it could be a lot worse. That's not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. that's how they kind of learn things. Um, that's so funny. What is uh, what is his favorite treat? So the biggest thing we give him are marrow bones. Um, they all seem to like those. Um, he likes pig ears as well. That's kind of their um, chew treat. Uh, it's funny, though, because he is so slow. He eats so slow. He eats his treats slow. Um, again, to me, that doesn't go with, like, the idea of you were starved to death. Um, right. The, like the Doberman, the pig ears gone in three bites. And he'll sit and he'll lay and, you know, chew on his for a little while. And even the Chihuahua can normally finish his. I give him a smaller figure, of course, like a piece of it. Um, but he yeah. only finishes before Phoenix, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> we can all learn things from Phoenix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Enjoy it. Take your time. Slow down a little bit. Yeah, there was one little spot in the bed. 
at the bottom kind of our feet that he would sleep. Of course, now he's decided he wants to sleep like right up. So he, he normally sleeps pretty much on our pillow. Um, I looked because I was like, how long have we had him now? And we got him on November 6th was the actual day that he showed up at the campground. So, I mean, we've, we've only had him a little over two months now. So he's definitely made great strides. And but he has been so mm-hmm. perfect. He's like the best little cuddle buddy. <laughs> Yay for Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, now laying on his, his favorite spot has become the back of our recliner. <laughs> oh, so I, my husband, he'll be like, you know, you said we didn't have room for him, but look, there's his spot. <laughs> Support for Paper Airplanes is brought to you by Fusion Medical Staffing. It's hosted and produced by me, Stephanie Gorchowski. Our theme music is by Flashing Lights. This episode's music is by Brave Lion. A shout out to our Fusion Storytellers winners. All of your submissions were awesome and we'll be back next time to interview the winners of our Fusion Storytellers campaign. So stay tuned. If you want to be a part of the podcast, I would love to chat with you. You can send me an email to podcast at fusionmedstaff.com. Or if you have a Fusion recruiter, let them know you want to be a part of the podcast and they can put you in touch with me as well. And in the meantime, happy four-legged travels. <laughs>